Hi, what's happening everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Sermons in Cars. Happy Holidays. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. We are well into the Christmas season. And if, uh, if this is your first time with us, welcome. We're so glad that you've tuned in. We, um, we drive around and we theologize. And um, yeah, sometimes it's lighthearted, sometimes it's in-depth and pretty intense. Um, if, it's, uh, if you haven't subscribed to the channel, would you do us a favor? Would you do that today? Um, it would mean a ton. And uh, also you get notified as soon as um, the latest episode comes out, like today's. Which, um, it's the holiday season. And whoop-dee-doo, hickory-dock. Don't forget to hang up your socks. I love the holiday season. I think, um, I love it for the nostalgia that it creates. Um, I love Christmas music. You know, I'm married to an awesome woman and she, um, she makes me start listening to Christmas music the day after Halloween. I mean, that's when it starts in our house. Now, it took me a while to get used to it. But, you know, as they say, if you can't beat them, join them. And uh, here I am, fully embracing it. But I love this part of our culture. Um, I think it, it's, I love the, you know, the driving around and looking at Christmas lights, the, the hot cocoa, the fireside stuff, you know, the gift giving. Um, I think it's a really cool part of our, of our American culture. Um, I also love it because of the um, the way that it teaches the birth of Christ in almost uh, like a fairy tale like fashion. Um, have you ever been to um, you ever been to a church or, or maybe a, you've seen a nativity scene? Maybe um, maybe uh, maybe a live nativity scene, right? I was a kid, and where I'm from, we had them all the time. Um, I'm from Maine originally. It's freaking freezing there, obviously. Um, from Maine originally, and we would go to these live nativity scenes and you'd see the people standing outside. Um, you know, they're, they're huddled together. And if it was a really good one, they had a stage set up and they had maybe some live barn animals there too. Um, and then in the manger, you'd peek into the manger and oh, it's a pretty baby. But of course it wouldn't have a real baby because it'd be way too cold for it. But um, the idea was to kind of encapsulate this moment and capture it in time for you to walk to and visualize and contextualize it a bit. And I remember, and I remember singing, you know, the Christmas carols, you know, like uh, Hark the Herald Angels Sing or Silent Night. But singing Silent Night it always always struck me as, as odd. Now this isn't a commentary on the on the song because I love this song um, but the idea that it was a silent night it was a holy holy night yeah sure absolutely um, but all is calm all is bright um, it, it the idea of it being silent struck me um, more of like an eerie silence I know you ever heard that old U2 song it's called New Year's Day. Maybe all is silent New Year's Day. Um, it's got that like eeriness to it. <clears throat> but I remember looking at these nativity scenes and thinking at a young age thinking something isn't right. Something just doesn't add up. 
and I knew it at a young age, even though it was trying to be told to me as like everything is all cute and pretty and packaged and sweet and easy and simple, right? You ever been in church and they always try to make like the gospel is super easy? So that's like, uh, it just never sits well with me. It doesn't sit well with me. There's a difference between the word of Christ that is when he says, um, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. There's That's a difference between the idea of the gospel being easy or oversimplifying it, right? But I sat and I looked. It wasn't until I was older that I started to really dissect it and I appreciate it so much more for the richness that it brings when I do unpack it a little bit. So let's take that nativity scene, for example. You know, at the centerpiece of this of this picture, we have we have a couple whose birth of their son is shrouded in in scandal, right? I mean, just imagine playing that one out when your your fiance comes home and she's like, mm, "By the way, Joseph, I got some news to tell you." Okay, you don't want to sit down for this one. I'm pregnant. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What? You're. Hey. Not obviously not by me. Right, like, let's have this. Really, what? And she's like, yeah, actually, it was God. <laughs> so just okay, okay. It was okay. Mary went the loony bin. Says that the story says that Joseph had he was a good man. He had in mind to divorce her quietly because he didn't want to expose her to public disgrace. But he ends up having his mind changed through a through a dream experience with an angel. Either way, it's it creates scandal in the community for sure, because you know word travels fast. People knew this wasn't Joseph's baby. So there's that whole piece at the center of it. And you can play out all the different narratives, all the different gossip possibilities that, that come with a first century baby being born out of wedlock, along with these rumors that this child is supposed to be, supposed to be someone, something uh, divinely important, divinely timed. So there's all that happening. So there's that piece. And then you've got a group of shepherds. And, and Luke's gospel says that there are shepherds in the field nearby watching their flocks when an angel appears to them to announce the coming of Jesus and then and then the skies open and the host of heaven appears and they're singing glory to the God God in the highest and so the shepherds are the ones that get this they're the ones that get this message and so the so they go to the to the scene and here they are but I'm like why shepherds it doesn't Let's okay. So first century Palestine, right? If you maybe you know, shepherds didn't have, they weren't really like the familial types, if you know what I'm saying, right? They were roughneck, dirty, almost even scoundrels sometimes, right? Maybe maybe you grew up going to Sunday school and you have a picturesque idea of what a shepherd is because maybe you were learned about King David, right? And he's out there in the fields writing his his psalm, "The Lord is my shepherd," right? He's playing his his little instruments. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me lie down beside the green pastures. Right, okay, that's nice in theory when we romanticize it, but the application of it, probably not so much. Right, so 
so the so the the scene is we have scandal and then we've got a group of roughnecks outcasts and scoundrels like why did you go to them why does the angel announce it to them why doesn't he announce it why doesn't he go straight to the the senior pastors of the mega churches in Jerusalem right why doesn't he go there well he doesn't they don't we'll come back to that because that's interesting so there's two groups of people and then there's a third and the third group is a, is a group of magi and this part of the story is found in the gospel of Matthew and it says that magi from the east came that little bit right there is loaded in and of itself magi is Latin for magician or sorcerer and they're coming from the east the east symbolizing first century Persia, Persia representative of the land of Babylon. Babylon plays a very important role symbolically and figuratively and literally in the scripture, um, being representative of really God's enemies, right? We could risk oversimplifying the, the concept, but I think for right now that will do. So we have a group of guys, maybe girls too, I don't know, symbolic representative of a group of people who have been known to uh, sack Jerusalem and enslave the people of Israel. But here they are coming. But not just any group of people, they're a group of magicians. If you know anything about Christianity or Judaism, being, being a magician in the sense of sorcery and witchcraft is a big no-no. It is expressly forbidden. But yet here this star is leading a group of magicians and sorcerers from the place that represents God's enemies. Leading them right to Jesus. But it's interesting, they don't go to Bethlehem first. For some reason, they stop in Jerusalem. Maybe they just had in their minds, well, this is naturally the place where the king would be. So they stop in Jerusalem and they go to King Herod and they say, we've seen the star signifying the birth of the king. Where is he? We've come to worship him. Well, Herod freaks out, but he tries to play cool. Sends them off ahead with word to say, well, once you find him, come back to me so I can worship him too. I'm going to come back to that. So hold that in your thought for a second. So the magicians, they leave. They continue to follow the star until it stops over Bethlehem. And there they, they come. And there they are. So we have, at the nativity scene, we've got three groups of people. We've got, we've got a, a scandal. We've got scoundrels and roughnecks and then we've got magicians what are these people what are any of these people doing here at this scene at this point in history at this moment in time and I'm and I'm like well, why aren't where are the religiously where are the where are the senior where are the lead pastors where are all the great leaders of the faith where are they nowhere to be found at least not here. Now, when you go back to Jerusalem, and the Magi leave, and here's a real interesting part. It says that Herod calls all the religious leaders in. He 
says, I want to know, where is where is he to be born? And, and then the religious leaders tell Herod, oh, he's to be born in Bethlehem. So, how about this for a thought? The reason why the religious leaders aren't in Bethlehem is because they're under the thumb of Herod. Now just let that sink in for a minute. Maybe those religious leaders are too tied up in their, their political interests to be paying attention to what's happening at the grassroots level, which is where God always works. God will always side with the underdog. You go to the nativity and look at, what do we got? We have people who are rejected. We have scandal. We have a group of people representative of God's enemies. He even goes so far as to say a, a, a group that represents another faith system. If I might be so bold. But no religious leads. No senior pastors of megachurches in Jerusalem. Nope. Why? They're hanging out with Herod. That's why. And they missed the invite. <clears throat> so for me, when I when I look at these these people, the um, the nostalgia suddenly seems to fade a little bit. And um, and the texture of this nativity scene really starts to really starts to grip me in a way that um, in a way that actually inspires me you know maybe this holiday season is is um, it's a good moment for it's a good moment for me to pause and reflect at um, and who's at this 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 birthday moment? Who's there? I do think the invitation is for all of us. It's for every single human across this planet. And I think that invitation is extended whether you whether you accept it or not, whether you whether you're deserved or not. So maybe in this season we can take a moment and and realize that God will bring whoever he wants into a moment so that he can reveal himself to them. And it doesn't matter their faith tradition. It doesn't matter if they're shrouded in scandal, immorality. It doesn't matter if they are an outcast a scoundrel and by they I can actually we could actually say we maybe even a me doesn't matter if I'm a scoundrel doesn't matter if you're an outcast this is the place for you this is your invitation this is your moment to be able to experience this this nativity scene You know, for me, it's um, it it opens the the doorway of this story to to a very intimate moment. Um, intimate in the sense of my, I can actually. This is a place where I can sit 
and put my guard down. And I can be still in this moment. You can be still in that moment, in this moment. So amidst all of the hustle and bustle, amidst the gift giving, the holiday parties, the, the fires, the, the excitement, take time to be still, take time to breathe, and know that you are, you are invited into that moment always and constantly no matter where you are or what you're doing amen happy holidays guys merry christmas happy new year we'll have another podcast coming out the week after christmas um hey if you haven't would you please subscribe to the channel whether you're listening on the, the podcasts, on the Spotify or app, iTunes, or wherever you're listening, or, or on the YouTubes here. Uh, I really appreciate you. Love you guys. Have a great holiday season. Sermons and cars. I'm out.